Church, we're going to continue in our sermon series entitled Closer, and this whole month we've been talking about getting closer to God and, and how we do that and what God has called us to. I, I want you to realize something, church. One of the, the greatest ways that you can get closer to God, of course, you read your Bible, of course, you, you take time to pray, but one of the closest, the ways you can get closest with God is through acts of service and fellowship with each other because you're doing God's purpose. In James chapter 4, verse 8, I want you to hear this this morning. It says this. It says, come, come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, and your lo- for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Today, what I want to do is I want to talk to you about the reality that each and every one of us, church, we are all invaluable to God's work. You are invaluable. See, to to be clear, the word invaluable, a lot of people mess this up. The word invaluable doesn't mean that you're not valuable. No, it is the opposite. It means that you are uniquely valuable to your heavenly father, every single person who is here today. You are valuable to God just because of who you are. And as I mentioned earlier in my prayer, church, I really hope you understand, God does not make junk. He does not make junk. He created you for a purpose, and he put you together in a specific way. You know, a lot of times we can look in the mirrors. How many of you guys are notorious for staring in the mirror, and you sit there, and you pick yourself apart? You know, like, I don't like this. I don't like this. And you sit there and tear yourself apart. You realize God created you exactly in the image that you are right now, and you are valuable. You are valuable to God because of who you are, and church, you are a child of God. You're invaluable. He, 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 he needs you. See, remember Jesus told the parable of the hundred sheep. I, I love that story. The parable of the hundred sheep. And if you don't remember what it is, I'm going to refresh your memory. So the shepherd loved the, the, his sheep. You know, he really loved his sheep. And he had a hundred sheep. And then the Bible says in the story, the parable, that one of them wanders away. And the shepherd, he, he loved the one so much that he left the other 99 to go after the one. See, church, that, was, that one was valuable to the shepherd. That one was valuable to the shepherd. Think, think about it this way. If I had 100 bracelets, right, and I lost one bracelet, I'd be like, who cares? I got 99 left, right? See, that, that bracelet is nothing. It's absolutely nothing. But I want you to know, church, you are not a bracelet. You are very valuable to your heavenly father. You are a child of God. And you're not just valuable because of who you are. Yes, that is important. But you are also valuable because you were created with a purpose. Every single person in this room, God created you for a purpose. You were created to make a difference in God's church as God's church. Did you hear what I said? You were created with a purpose, right, to make a difference in God's church, but as God's church. And the reason this message is so difficult for so many to believe, it's because this, it's because we believe what the enemy tells us sometimes. We like to compare ourselves, don't we? 
I mean, we are notorious for comparing ourselves to each other. And so when we look at the church, what we do is we always look at what everybody else is doing, right? We, we often feel like we are not good enough. We often feel like we are not talented enough. We often feel like we are not spiritual enough or smart enough to make any difference whatsoever in, in this world. And so when we look at every, everyone else and how talented they are, right? You know, that guy that stands up and, and he prays in front of the church and he can quote scriptures in their prayers. And you're like, man, I can't, I can barely even read the Bible, let alone memorize these verses and quote those scriptures in my prayers. And, and you know, their prayers are really good. Their, their prayers are so good. It's kind of like God's going like, ooh, that was a good prayer, you know? Their prayers are powerful. They're flowing. And, and, and this church, it makes us insecure, don't it? Doesn't it? it makes us insecure. Because we think like, well, I don't, I don't know that much. And I made a lot of mistakes. I, I made some mistakes. And, and then what we do, church, we make bigger mistakes on top of the mistakes that we've already made. And so, you know, there's this lie. There's this lie when it comes to the church. And a lot of us believe this. A lot of us fall under the power of this lie. And this lie is this. If I weren't here, it really wouldn't matter much. The enemy's done a really good job of convincing us that. If I wasn't here doing this little part, then it, it wouldn't make a difference. It, it doesn't matter at all. And so my prayer is today that every single person, you're sitting here, you're watching at home, online, is that you would realize that God created you and you are invaluable to his word. You are uniquely prepared. You're uniquely prepared with divine gifts, with passions, with talents, that's what you were prepared with. And when God created you, this is wild. This blows my mind every time I think of this. When God created you, he literally placed you in this time in history. He literally placed you right now during this time so that you can best glorify him with the life that he's called you to. And so today what I want to do is I want to show you a, a metaphor from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So if you'll turn there with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And, and, and this is Paul speaking, and this is another one of those things. Paul likes to, when he writes, sometimes you're sitting there like, wait, what did you say? i got to read that twice. Check it out with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12, it says this. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body, so it is with the body of Christ. So he makes it very clear there, right? The human body has many parts. You know, you have ears, you have eyes, you have a nose, you have a mouth, you have hands, right? You, you've got thumbs, you've got elbows, knees. We could go on and on. We all have different parts of the body, and the human body has different parts. But all these parts make up one body. And so what Paul was doing here, church, is he was comparing all these body parts of the human being to his family, or the metaphor of the body of Christ. That's what Paul calls the church family. It's the body of Christ. And so well, I want us to look at things a little bit today here. I, I want to show you some, some pictures up on the screen of some animals. And, and, and so it's an individual animal. It's called one thing, but when you put a group of them together, it's something different. So the very, very first picture I want to show you there, it's lions, right? Those are lions. One lion is called a lion. What? This is, listen, this is group participation today, okay? I want you to jump in with me. You can shout it out if you know the answers. What is a group of lions called? A pride, right? So everyone saw the Lion King. Very good. So elephants, right? 
an elephant. One elephant is called an elephant. What is a group of elephants called? A herd. Very good. You guys are getting A's so far. So there's a cheetah. There's a cheetah, right? And what is a group of cheetahs called? Not Cheetos. Make sure you get that right. What is a group of cheetahs called? It's called a coalition. A coalition of cheetahs. So now donkeys. I want to show you a picture of a donkey. What is a group of donkeys called? Remember, you're in church. What is a group of donkeys called? A pace. A pace of donkeys. That's what a group of donkeys is called. And last one I want to show you, a group of crows. One is called a crow. What is a group of crows called? A murder of crows. Some of you knew that. I never heard that before. That was fascinating. So all these animals have one name, right, when they're all by themselves. They have one name when they're all alone. But when you group them together, what they do is they take on a brand new identity. They take on a new identity. A single animal has one name, but when they're in a group, it's different. It's a different identity. So think about this now. What is one person, what do you call a person who has submitted his life to the lordship of Jesus Christ? What do you call them? A Christian, right? So we call them a Christian. So what do you call a group of Christians who are gathered together to worship God, empowered by his spirit to make a difference in the world? What do you call a group of Christians? The church, all right? You guys are really doing good today. So it's one thing to know it. It's another thing to feel it and live it. It is. So this group is called the church. And as Paul calls it in 1 Corinthians, he calls it the body of Christ. So church, on your own as an individual, you're called a disciple, right? But when you gather together with other spirit-filled, word-empowered believers, then you take on a brand new identity. And it's called the church. You are his body. You are the church of Christ, right? You are the body of Christ. So you are his body. I want you to think about this for a minute. Do you realize, church, you are his hands. You're his hands when you are serving people in his name. When you're doing for others, when you're serving people in his name, you are his hands, right? And church, you are his feet. When you are taking the message, right, the message of the gospel of Christ to places that have never heard it before, you're his feet. Maybe be careful, by the way. Never heard it before. You don't have to go to Africa, I promise. You can go to Wellsville, Ohio. There are people who don't know the name Jesus Christ except for in foul language, taking the Lord's name in vain. So you are also his heart. Do you realize that? You are also his heart when, when you express his love to people who are hurting or, or, or when, when, when you feel far, those people feel far from God. You are his heart when you're reaching out to them. Church, you realize you are an invaluable part of the body of Christ. So anytime, listen to me, anytime the enemy tells you that you are not important, anytime the enemy tells you that you are not good enough, I want you to do this. I want you to step back and you say, no, my God created me. He sent his son for me and his spirit dwells inside of me. And I am an invaluable part of the body of Christ. That's who you are. That's who you are. What I hope is that you understand this, that every single part matters. Every single part matters. It's almost that the Apostle Paul, when he was writing 1 Corinthians, I want you to 
kind of soak this a little bit, that he could sense the reality that there would be a, a large group of people that might feel like this, where they're sitting there feeling and thinking like, I'm not that important, or, or what I do doesn't matter that much, or if I weren't here, it really wouldn't even make a bit of difference at all. Look what the Holy Spirit led Paul to write. Check it out. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, start, starting in verse 14. It says, yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. If the ear says, I am not a part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? See, church, every single part of the body matters. I love this portion of scripture because you know why? Because often, often church, a lot of us feel like that my part doesn't make any difference at all, right? I like how Paul contrasted the the eye and the ear right there because you know what? If you are an ear, you might get a little bit jealous of the eye, wouldn't you? You might get a little bit jealous of the eye because the eye gets all the attention. Think about the eye gets all the attention and the ear always gets overlooked, You know, nobody ever has like an ear-to-ear conversation, right? You have an eye-to-eye conversation. Nobody's love ever glared glared longingly into someone's ear. If they do, you break up with that person. They're weird. (laughs) You know, I could go all day on this, but you see, the ear could easily say, I'm not that important. But the Bible tells us every single part of the body matters. Your part, listen, church, this morning, your part, your presence, your voice, your contribution, it all matters to the family of God. And here's what Paul said. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I'm going to pick it up in verse 22. He said, in fact, some parts of the body seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. Actually, the most necessary. You know, one time I had a, one of my church secretaries told me that she said, I, I really don't feel like I do anything here at church. And I really had to explain to her, like, man, do you understand what you do? Everything, you know, that was seen on the screen, <laughs> you put that in there. You type out all the scriptures. You know, everything that you do to support me, you know, types out all my scriptures. Look at that. 28 font, baby, right there. You wouldn't be able to see it. Neither could I if she didn't type that out for me. So she plays a very important role, but she felt like, no, I, I'm not doing anything to, to advance the gospel. How about this? How about those that other people overlook? It happens, doesn't it? The ones that don't like, get any airtime, the ones that aren't out on the stage, the ones that aren't most visible, right, often are the most necessary to the parts of the body. Listen to this, all of us together, all of you, all of you, every single person here, you are Christ's body. Each and every one of you, you are a part of it, and every single part matters. Your part matters to the heart of God. It matters to the body. I looked at some of the body parts that are kind of overlooked, some of the parts that we have in our body that kind of overlooked. Do you realize on your hand, your thumb gets a lot of attention, doesn't it? Remember your kid playing Thumb Wars? I still love to play Thumb Wars, right? Your, your thumb gets a lot of attention, right? Your, your pointer finger gets a lot of attention. Anybody that's got kids, you know exactly what I'm talking about. 
Your pointer finger gets lots of attention, right? Your middle finger, unfortunately, in today's society, it does not, it is not used for the glory of God. The ring finger, it has a ton of importance. Think of the importance of the ring finger, the, the, the things that you're supposed to do. And the poor little pinky doesn't get any airtime. And I read this, church. I read this. Listen to this. Did you know that 50% of your hand's strength comes from your pinky? Test it out. I did. You can carry a jug of milk. If you're strong like me, you can carry a jug of milk with your pinky. I tested it. It's true. There's a lot of strength in the pinky, but everyone disregards it, right? I want you to think of another little part of the body, right? The uvula, right? That's that little thing that dangles down in the back of your throat. It's just weird looking, but that little thing over a lifetime, a person's lifetime will create enough saliva to fill up two in-ground swimming pools. True fact. You can look at some of your pillows. You're well on your way, aren't you? (laughs) I know you are. But the fact is this. Listen to me, church. Your part in the body of Christ honestly matters. It matters. It's often the parts that aren't seen are the most important. And I hope you get this this morning because just because you aren't high profile doesn't mean that you're not important. Just because you're not teaching Sunday school or being an elder or being a deacon, whatever it might be, doesn't mean that you're not important. Just because other people don't see it, just because other people don't know about it, just because other people don't understand it, doesn't mean that it doesn't matter to God. One of the most important jobs in the church, and some of you classify, you're in this column right here, is a prayer warrior. A prayer warrior in the church. It blesses me so much. I've got several people in the church. They'll come up to me, and they'll have the church bulletin. They'll come up to me and say, hey, do you know if any of these people on here, are they getting better? Are they still sick? What's going on with them? And you know why that blesses me? Because they're looking at it, and I know they're praying for them. They're praying specifically for each one of those people. You know, church, you might be that prayer warrior, right? You, 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 might send, you might spend tons of time, you know, seeking God. Nobody even knows it. They don't see it. It's behind the scenes week after week because you're praying for people. Do you realize lives are being changed? Week after week, people are saying yes to the grace of Jesus Christ because you're praying for them. Church, one of the most important jobs that you can have as the body of Christ is to be praying for people. And too many times, you know what we limit our prayers to? Yeah. Thanks for the food, Lord. Amen. Church, your prayer life's got to be more than that. I mean, you got to spend time in fellowship with your heavenly Father. You realize that is the most important thing that you can be doing as the body of Christ is praying. I'm talking about praying, praying. I'm talking about for specific people. I'm talking about for the leaders in your church. I'm talking about those who are sick. How about the person that sits beside you every Sunday? You don't know their name yet because you haven't introduced yourself. Pray for them. They might really need it, right? Your prayers are behind the scenes in church. Maybe, just maybe, you might do something as simple as make somebody feel loved. Do you understand how important that is in the body of Christ where you recognize that somebody's really hurting, somebody's really struggling, and and you make them feel loved? I mean, I'm talking about you reach out to them like, hey, I was just thinking about you. You text them, I was just thinking about you today. I just want to see how you're doing. You know, I hear that you've been sick. Can I bring you some food? 
Church, you realize making someone feel loved and special. How about this? God gave you something that's called a smile. (laughs) Why don't you use it? Seriously. I'm talking about when you come into the church, why don't you smile at people? Why don't you smile at them a little bit? It might not be incredibly visible to every single person, but just because it's not visible doesn't mean that it's not important. Actually, some of the most important things that you can do are things that aren't always seen. You guys know about the Gideon organization? It's the organization that places Bibles all over the place, they, they, they put them in hotel rooms, right? You go in a hotel room, you got that little nice in there, you pull it out, there's a Gideon Bible in there. There was a gentleman, and man, I've been racking my brain for like the past couple of days trying to remember his name. But when I first started doing the ministry here 12 years ago, this little guy came in here and, and was talking to me, and, and he just said, hey, we've got all these books they're called life books, and what they did was created like a lot of scripture and kind of just made it real facty for the kids, you know, just almost like a story. And he said, we would like to put some of these in your hands, and we want you to give them out your youth group. And I said, okay, we'll take some. He goes, how about I give you a 1,000 to start with? I said, man, I like your thinking. And so, you know, as we were talking, and, and I just asked him how he got involved in Gideon's, and he told me, he said, the hardest thing about this job is I never know if I'm actually impacting anybody. Well, this gentleman, man, I can't remember his name, but he passed away probably five years ago. And I remember we got those life Bibles, those, those life books, I mean, and we were handing them out at youth group. And I remember, so we're giving them out to a whole bunch of teenagers and junior high kids, and, and I remember walking out on the front lawn of the church, and I seen some laying in the yard. I seen some sitting in their seats right where we came to. I saw one ripped in half and laying on the sidewalk, and I'm picking all this stuff up. I'm ticked off. I'm going, yeah, maybe it doesn't make a difference. Years later, there's a gentleman that comes to this church. I think he might be here now. He wouldn't let me use his name. I was going to dishonor him and do it anyways, but I decided to be a good man today. He came back to church in in. I hadn't seen him in years since he's a teenager, and, and I remember seeing him there, couldn't remember his name. And he said to me, he said, I used to come to youth group. I said, yeah, I remember you. And I said, what brings you back to church now? We're excited that you're here. He said, you know what? You guys handed out these books, little white books to us called Life Books. And he said, I went home and I read it. And he said, I didn't do anything with it. He said, and I tucked it away in a drawer. He said, years later, my mom made me come down and get all my stuff out of her house. Way to go, mom. That's the way you're supposed to do it. And he said, I opened a box, and that life book was in there. And he said, I need to get to church. So I wish I could tell that little guy from the Gideons, you did make a difference. You were behind the scenes, but you were doing something. You were trying to bring glory to God, and you were doing something. And, man, I'm sure there's many other stories just like it, but this guy right here, he gave his life to Christ because you were handing out those booklets. So, church, people may never know what your gift does. You might never understand what your gift does. You know, some people might never know that you prayed for them. You may never know what your investment to our kids and our Wednesday night youth program and junior church and Sunday school, you you might never know what that investment does. You may never know, church, that that one smile that you handed out to someone when you welcomed them, 
That that person was so nervous when they walked in. They were uncomfortable. They were afraid to be in church. But because you shared that with them, being the body, do you realize that made them come back? Do you realize just the way you mingle with people instead of just coming in the church and just sitting here? Do you realize you're being part of the body of Christ by getting to know people around you, by shaking hands and smiling and welcoming them to church, even though you've only been coming to church here for six months? At a late time, I said, oh, I've only been here for six months. I don't want to take anybody's job. Take anybody's job, shaking hands? You do it. You're impacting the kingdom, church, when you do that. It's the little things that count just as much as the big things. You are invaluable to the work of God, and you are a valuable church. You are very valuable because you are a child of God. Do you realize that the church is incomplete without your contribution? (laughs) Seriously, the church is incomplete without you and your contribution because you are called. Every single person you're sitting here today, you are called by God, you are chosen by God, and you are capable of doing what God has created you to do. Remember, God doesn't make junk. If he created you to do something, that means he's equipped you with every single thing that you need to do, and you are part of his body. You're part of his body. Have you ever been asleep at night, you know, you're sleeping in your bed, and you kind of like... Your arm gets all crooked or something, and and you lay like that for an hour, and all of a sudden, you wake up, and your arm's asleep. You wish you were asleep, but instead, your arm's asleep. And it feels like someone's poking you with a thousand little needles, right? Can't stand that feeling. You can't pick anything up with it. It's just weird. You feel like you can't move it. it. It's dead weight, right? Your arm is asleep. And you know what? When it's asleep like that, it's like paralyzed, It's not doing anything. It's dormant. It's useless. You can't function properly when it's this way. And so can I just say to you, church, by the way, I love you. (laughs) But can I say to you this morning that you are a part of the body of Christ. And if you aren't using the gifts that God has given you, then you've gone to sleep. And you're not functioning properly. Listen to me, you are not living out your divine calling. You are not living out your function. You are not living out your role. You are not living out your part. You are not living out your position. And if that is you, I say this with the kindest words that I possibly can, but would you please just wake up? Listen to me, church, you got to wake up. There is something that God wants done, and it's not being done because you're not doing it, right? You have something unique to offer that nobody else does. Your contribution, church, your contribution, if your part of the body is asleep, then the rest of the body has to work harder. And you're not doing what God's created you to do. You know, others are putting more in because you aren't doing your role. There is something that God wants you to do that's not getting done because you're not doing it because you're asleep. There's something that someone that God wants to be reached, but they're not getting reached because you're asleep. There's someone that needs to hear the gospel, and they aren't hearing it because you're not doing it. Feel this this morning, church. I want you to wake up. The church is not a building that we go to. 
The church is not an institution that we are part of. And let me tell you right now, Wellsville First Christian Church, we are not a country club that you belong to. We're not. We are the living body of Christ. We are the church. Listen, we don't go to church to meet our needs. If you're writing stuff down today, you make sure you jot that one down. We do not go to church to meet our needs because we are the church. We are the church of Jesus Christ and the church meets the needs of the people all over the world who really have needs. And their needs are they don't know Jesus. We don't come to church to meet our needs. We come to church to be strengthened so we can meet other people's needs. This is what we do. This is who we are. And church, you are an invaluable part of the body of Christ. You might tell me this morning, you're like, preacher, I'm messed up. <laughs> Join the club, so am I. You might say, I- I'm messed up. You know, I don't know enough. You know, my life has many dark spots on it. You don't know about my past. Listen to me, church. Your past does not disqualify you from, for being used by God. Your past doesn't disqualify you from that. Often, actually, your past prepares you for what God is calling you to do. Think about that. You've been prepared. Whatever it is you've been through, you've been prepared. Do you realize, church, that you can be delivered from your past? That Jesus Christ will deliver you from your past. You can be transformed. You can have no hope, church, but suddenly and immediately have hope. That's how he works. Our past don't disqualify us. They prepare us. You know, I hear people say, I'm divorced. I'm disqualified. No. No, you are actually prepared to help others heal. You are actually prepared to help others rebuild, right? I hear people say, I'm an addict. You know what? I still struggle. I still struggle. (laughs) No. You know what? God can use you too. You can show someone it is possible. You know, church, if you know, if you know the grace of Jesus Christ, if you know the grace of Jesus Christ and you know how to love somebody, you realize you are prepared to be a part of the body of Christ. If you understand that you've been forgiven for a lot, and those who've been forgiven a lot also have a lot to give, That means you do something with it. Your contribution matters. What do you think would happen, church? What do you think would happen if every part of the body engaged in ministry? Every part. If every part of the body engaged in ministry, what do you think could be different in our communities? What do you think would be different if we saw our role as significant and that we are valued by God? What do you think would happen? things would be a lot different, a lot different. Church, your presence matters. You know, do you realize for every kid that needs a loving home, I'm talking about they don't have anybody, do you realize that you can make a difference? For every student that needs a a positive role model, do you realize that you could make that difference? For everyone who's going through a tough time, do you understand that you could encourage them and you could make a difference. For those who are sick and those who are hungry, you could make a difference. See, God has given all of you. He's given you gifts. He's given you talents. And he's given you abilities. And he wants you to use them. Use them. So Wake up, church. 
has asked the praise team to come up here this morning. I want to close with one last verse. It comes from Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 through 25, and it says this. It says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Do you understand? God keeps his promises. And then it goes on to say in verse 24, let us think of ways, listen church, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Let us not meet and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Church, there's one thing I want to be known for. If when the sky cracks open, if I'm still alive on this earth when that happens, and Jesus appears, I want to be caught doing his work. Seriously, I want to be caught like, whoa, I like what you're doing. I don't want to be asleep. I don't want to be sitting there thinking like someone else can do it. All these people. No, I want to be caught doing his work. So I ask you this morning, church, do you want to make a difference? Do you realize when you are using what God has given you, when you are out there making a difference, when you are using the gifts, the talents, and the abilities that God has given you, that you're drawing closer to him, it is just natural, it happens. You will feel his presence, you will see his work. And some of you need that today. The church isn't a place that we go to. It's who we are. It's who we are. So if you're not engaged this morning to make a difference, maybe you're sitting there, you're asleep, you're dormant, you're paralyzed. I want to remind you, your gift matters. The things that God has placed inside of you, you got to use them. Maybe you're someone who loves to pray. Man, you better start praying. I'm talking about praying for lots of people. Ask them, hey, what's your needs, man? I'm going to be praying for you this week. How can I be praying for you? God laid you on my heart today. Is there something I need to be praying about for you? Man, church, you need to be praying. Do you realize our community, our community is different because of the church? This community is different because of the church. But can you imagine how much more different it could be? If we all wake up, maybe some of you, you're sitting here today and you're listening and something's drawing you closer to God. I want to tell you, man, that's the Holy Spirit calling you out. He's telling you, you got something you need to be doing, but maybe the first thing you need to do is make it right with Jesus Christ. You know, the Bible tells us anyone who calls upon the name of Jesus will be saved. Church, you call upon him. And you give him your garbage, your sin, your shame, all your past mistakes. And say, Lord, I want you to take this from me. And he will. You invite Jesus Christ into your heart, follow him in Christian baptism. Listen, then you go out and live your life new. Not that you go back and just same old patterns. I got my ticket. No. You live your life brand new. And you go out and use your gifts, your talents, and your abilities to bring glory unto him. So if that's for you this morning, I want to encourage you to come forward. And the rest of you believers, listen, man, I want you to wake up. 
Use your gifts, use your talents, use your abilities that God has given you to make a difference. So how about it, church? Let's stand together and let's sing. I really want to encourage you to respond this morning.